0: Today is Pentecost, the birthday of the church. That day when the Holy Spirit descended on the first disciples and the Holy Spirit has resided in every believer ever since. Now let's understand what Pentecost was. We know that Passover happens in the springtime. We talk about Jesus being our Passover lamb, but it was the time when they remembered their liberation from Egypt and their slavery there where those who had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of their house, the death angel passed over. They then were expelled from Egypt, set free, and they continued to celebrate the festival of unleavened bread for seven days after that, because it was about seven days of their journey before they were able to let the yeast rise. There wasn't time. They had to get their stuff and go in the beginning. By the time of Jesus... The Passover and the festival of unleavened bread, as well as the festival of first fruits, had become all rolled into one. On the festival of first fruits, they would bring the first fruits of what had, had begun to grow in their gardens, particularly the wheat shafts, and they would wave them before the Lord over the altar. Then, 50 days later, because Pentecost means 50, 50 days later, they celebrated Pentecost. And they would come back and bring a loaf of bread, the completed product. And so, first fruits said, You have made promises. And Pentecost said, You have fulfilled your promises with that. So, we see in Jesus that He was our Passover lamb. He was the unleavened bread broken for us. Leaven represents sin. He was the one without sin. He was the first fruits of the resurrection, Paul calls Him. And he told his disciples to go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. After his resurrection, he is among them for 40 days, is seen by more than 500 people, according to the gospel text, over that time before he ascended into heaven. And he said, now go wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And that's how you'll have the power to do what I'm calling you to do. And so that's what they did. Here, from the book of Acts, the story of Pentecost from Scripture May God add understanding to this hearing and reading of Holy Word. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting in each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans? Every one of them. How, then, can each of us hear them speaking in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the regions of Libya bordering Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some of them asked each other, What does this mean? Others jeered at them, saying, They're full of new wine. Peter stood with the other eleven apostles. He raised his voice and declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem, know this, listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk, as you suspect. After all, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Rather, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed to blood before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I took a good cue from my audio people upstairs. Thank you for that. So Pentecost was a day of the birthday of the church because when the Holy Spirit comes, they are empowered to do what God has called them to do. It's very interesting to me that it happens on this day because for Passover, the population of Jerusalem would swell approximately 10 times its usual population. Have you ever been in Birmingham or Atlanta when there's something big going on, like a ball game or a concert, and the population swells? There are no more rooms in the hotels. The traffic is a real headache to deal with because there are so many more people. And that was what happened at Passover. And many of those people simply stayed around Jerusalem until after Pentecost, The further the distance that they had traveled, the more likely it was that they just stayed rather than making a second trip back. What that meant was that believers in God, whether Jews or converts that had been spread all over the Roman Empire, were in Jerusalem at this time, and they all hear the message of the gospel in their own language The church still struggles today to to provide the gospel in the language of each person. And I don't mean the translations into the languages of the different countries. We struggle to find a way to share the gospel in a way that people can understand. Our teenagers speak differently than our young adults, and our young adults different than their parents, and their parents different than their grandparents and their great-grandparents. And we seek to find a way to share that gospel in the language that people can hear and receive. I often imagine what it would have been like on the day to have been there for Pentecost. We remember that after Jesus was crucified, his believers really weren't sure what to do. So they went to the upper room, they gathered together, they stayed in prayer and they waited to see what would happen. It's always a good thing to do when we don't know what to do to wait and pray. Jesus appeared to them, spent some time with them, tried to get them prepared, and then he ascended into heaven and said, the Holy Spirit's going to come, keep doing that wait and pray thing until the Holy Spirit gets here, and then you'll know what to do. And that's exactly what happened. But the Holy Spirit is an uncontrollable person. Very often we want to control, we want to make things like we want them, and God is not controllable, and neither is the Spirit of God. I think there are three things we can learn from the day of Pentecost. The first one is about chaos. The day of Pentecost would have looked like chaos. All of a sudden there is the sound of a mighty rushing wind. They see what looks like flames landing on the heads of each person. Somebody surely had the thought, somebody's going to set this house on fire. And as a matter of fact, the house was set on fire, but not physically as they expected. I want to share with you a cartoon I saw this past week that shows the disciples with these little um, flames of fire over their heads. Do you see the kid with the marshmallow and the stick? And of course the dad going, don't you even think about it. That's so what happens at birthdays. There becomes a little bit of chaos, and we figure out what we're going to do. They're all speaking different languages. Languages, Scripture tells us, they had never they had never studied before. And they pour out of that room and into the streets, and it causes quite a scene. It is chaotic. Now, we also remember that Paul tells the early believers, particularly in the church in Corinth, that worship should be orderly and not chaotic. Those sound like two opposites, but so much of the Christian life is about finding the balance, about getting in the middle, staying between the lines, the both and instead of the either or. If we are too unrestrained, we go too far in one direction, and the Holy Spirit will pull us back to some discipline, to some self-control, to some boundaries, But if we go too far toward order and control, we can become legalistic and rigid, and we can quench the Holy Spirit. And sometimes God has to shake us up a little bit by doing a new thing. And it looks, and it feels, and it is a little chaotic. I've had that happen in my own ministry career. I was very settled and very happy in one of the churches that I was serving. I liked what I was doing, I liked the people, my family was happy there, and I had a child entering their senior year of high school. I didn't want to move, wasn't supposed to move. Announcements came out, I was not moving. We usually get about 90 days notice of a move. I got a call two weeks before move day. Hey, gonna need you to wrap things up there and go to a new place to do ministry. I will confess that my very first thought was, the bishop and cabinet need to get it together. This is not fair. This is chaos. And I shouldn't have to deal with this. But you know what? I was too settled. I was too comfortable. In order to continue to grow in the ministry that God had called me to do, I needed to have things shaken up a little bit. I needed to be pushed out of my comfort zone. And because I am a control person, getting pushed out of my comfort zone was how the Holy Spirit got my attention and helped me grow. So there was a little chaos on that day, but chaos does not mean that God is not at work. The second lesson I believe we can learn is that some people didn't like it. Some of them didn't understand. Some of them were skeptical. Some of them, it just didn't fit their idea of what God would do. And we hear that. What in the world is going on over there? What is all that chaos? What is that going on? And then some of them have disparaging things. (laughs) They're just drunk. Too much new wine. And notice how Peter just addresses that right up front. We are not drunk. It is 9 a.m. I love how he says, he doesn't say, we're not drunk because we don't drink. He says, we're not drunk, it's 9 a.m. You're too early. (laughs) There will always be people who do not or do not yet discern where God is in things that are happening. Some of those will be naysayers. Some of them will be slow to adapt. Some will even oppose for a while. That doesn't mean that God is not at work either, because our third lesson is there were many who did connect with God because of what was happening. If we were to continue to read in the book of Acts, we would find out that thousands of people accepted Jesus as the Messiah from the message of Pentecost. Now, I'm the person, because I am in ministry vocationally, I wonder what happened the next day. What did they do with all those people? How do you incorporate thousands of new people into churches when you're meeting in homes? Where do you expand where there is enough room for everybody to sit and hear? It would have continued to be chaos because that is how things happen. New is chaotic, and then we figure it out, and we get a little better about it. People heard. They connected with God. And the church was born. The church exists to keep doing that. Finding out how to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world around us so people can experience God's love and grace and mercy and come into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, become part of our family, and help us change the world in the name of Christ. And this is how it happened. Of course, that applies for churches, but I also believe it happens in our personal lives. Sometimes we get chaos in our own lives. And we can think, if I were right, if I were thinking well, if I were calm, if, if I were where God wanted me to be, I wouldn't be experiencing this chaos. But sometimes chaos gets our attention Shakes us up like a trans, a move of ministry location for me. Please hear me say I am not saying that God brings bad things to shake us up. Lots of shakeups can be good shakeups. When the bad things happen, God works to try to bring good out of it. But just because you're experiencing chaos doesn't mean that God is not at work. Now, the opposite side of that is the fact that you have chaos is not a guarantee that God is at work. You have to connect to God. Pray and listen to find out. And in our own personal journeys, we will have those who are not supportive as well. There are people who cannot see us in a new way. They can't necessarily give us room to grow in new directions. They like us the way we are, and they will try to keep us like that that's okay. Give them room to have their opinion, but never refuse to go forward with God because others don't yet see what God is doing in your life. Because if you do, you will find others who do, who are having a very similar experience, who have been there with God, who can support you and encourage you along the way. I began my ministry as a licensed local pastor That requires you to do some pre-work and go to a week of classes at um, Camp Sumatanga, and you are licensed for local ministry. When I decided to go to seminary and become an ordained elder, not everyone thought that was a good idea because that would take more than five years, a lot of trips to Kentucky and to Orlando, and a lot of money. It took five and a half years and about $80,000 to finish that Master's of Divinity degree. Then you have other hoops to jump through as you go through ordination. And there were people that said, why can not you just be a licensed local pastor? You were already in ministry. Yes, but this is what God is calling me to. And I have to do this. And by the way, my family were not part of those naysayers. So don't catch Joseph and them after service and go, why didn't you support her? Not them. So sometimes there are people who don't see it, who don't understand. Love those people anyway. But I found in seminary lots of people who are second career, who were in my situation, who were doing it by distance, who were having to take these trips and live in a dorm. I haven't lived in a dorm since undergraduate school. To take the classes. the Holy Spirit moves as the Holy Spirit wills. All we do is experience the wind. Sometimes a refreshing wind and sometimes one where you hold on because it feels like hurricane force. The very best thing we can do is embrace the chaos. Listen for the voice of God in the middle. And then look for the people where we can make the difference. I have one more funny picture to show you of what it can feel like when we're trying to listen to the Holy Spirit sometimes. It's like you're on a roller coaster, and the Holy Spirit's having fun, and you're just hanging on for dear life. Because the day of Pentecost looked chaotic to the disciples. But the Holy Spirit of God knew exactly what was happening. It was not unorganized, unknown, and chaotic to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It was only chaotic for those who couldn't see the whole picture. And God almost never gives us the whole picture. It requires an act of faith to be part of the church. Not just the faith to believe in Jesus and come into a relationship that makes us a member of the family, but every single day requires an act of faith to be willing to step out when we don't see what's coming, Lord, I believe this is where you are leading us, and so I will go. God, this is where I believe you're leading me, and I will go. Today, the church was born. That same Holy Spirit that descended on those believers descends and indwells us today, leads us and guides us in new and sometimes chaotic ways, even when everybody doesn't see it to make a difference, to share the good news with the world. Let us pray. Almighty, gracious, and loving God, we give you thanks for this day when your Holy Spirit gave birth to this, your church. Help us to still be people who follow the lead of your Holy Spirit. May your Holy Spirit descend upon and dwell us the same way It did, the original disciples. On this day, Peter, who denied knowing his Savior, became strong and outspoken, empowered by your Spirit. May we experience a similar empowerment that we might be your witnesses to our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and to the ends of our world. This we ask in the name of our Savior, Amen. We invite you.